Hello and welcome to Blooming Out on WFHB, Indiana's only LGBTQIA news radio show and talk show with your hosts, Melanie Davis and Justin Robertson. I'm your engineer, Lucas Fisher, in collaboration with Kate Young and WFHB. Good evening, loves. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of Blooming Out, the Midwest's longest-running radio show dedicated to news and issues relevant to and discussed from the LGBTIQ experience. I'm well, Melanie Davis. I'm Lucas Fisher. Can you say that again? Oh. Uh, the mic was off. The mic was off. We're running. We're running. Uh, what's it called? We're throwing sticks together. We're today. wild. We're wilding today. We uh, are. Um, we're actually in the the sound booth that Lucas usually inhabits alone and in the dark. We're in the control room. Is that what it's called? Well, that's what I'm calling it. Today. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and you know we're otherwise in the big room. We've got people to come in and all that stuff. But it's Lucas and I, and so we're gonna have a special calling guest. So um, who's the guest this week? It's Kit Malone. Kit has been here uh, on the show before, uh-huh. and um, and she's she's like a all around. I can't say the word, but she's awesome, and she does so many things. So we're gonna try to to you know nail her down and get all the information from her. Make some phone calls. Make some phone some calls. Names. We're gonna you know do Send that all. Some, yeah. Cool. <laughs> how are you doing, Melanie? Oh, how am I doing? Yeah, how are you doing? It's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's uh, it's all kinds of crazy. I wasn't driving my car for a while, um, because I got a flat and, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I am also still suffering from whatever this, this vocal cord congestion stuff is. So, bear with me. Oh. And it's, I is mean, it like a thing? It's a thing. There are a lot of people that have been it's, oh, no. you know, several weeks long. I don't want the thing. You don't want the thing? Well, no. I will try not to cough on you then. Okay, thank Ooh, you. Ooh, you've got some uh, hand sanitizer over there. Oh, I do? Yeah. You pop want some that, of that? No, no, no. Just pop it on you. And Should I put it on my face? it will kill the germs <laughs> as they come over. Okay. <clears throat> Did you get that? Did you get any spray? Nope. Good. I so, think we're good. <laughs> Everybody stay, stay healthy. Wash yeah. your hands. Actually, I don't even know if don't hand sanitizer is really... Yeah, just don't even leave your house. Right. Yeah, and don't talk to your kids because they are germ factories. So, I'm just kidding. Talk yeah, to I your mean, kids through yeah. plastic or something. Yeah, plastic, gloves. <laughs> um, whatever you got to do. Get those surgical masks. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I ended up uh, borrowing a friend's car, but they needed it back. And so I'm I'm back to driving the Mustang again. Nice. And... Oh my gosh, it's like coming home. I still have a donut because the tires are like special order, so I can't get them uh, easily. But um, yeah, the nice, yeah, it's nice to be in my own car and classic Mustang. Well, it's not classic. I think it's classic. We just call it old. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's gonna be Cat's car. And, oh, nice. You know, if I. I think it's a cool car. It's my fourth Mustang. I don't so. think I, I mean, I don't see a lot of those cars around here. So when I see one, I'm always just like, there's Melanie. There's, even and if it's not it, me. Even it's, if it's not, I'm just like, that. that's Melanie. Oh, it's like, you know, being trans in this town and getting called Rachel. Because, yeah. Oh, no, we all did. It was, it was we were oh going to get gosh. buttons that said, um, you know, I'm not Rachel. I'm not Rachel. 
Wow. Yeah, that was fun. And just walking down the street for years. For you. Hey, Rachel. And I'm like, oh, like, that's not me. Hi, but that, thank you for recognizing. Th- th- you know. Thanks. And it wasn't like mean spirited or anything. Everybody I mean, that's was really cool. cool. Rachel's really cool. Yeah. Rachel's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a compliment. It is. Know, no, it was. I didn't. Really I was like, well, maybe they'll think I'm cool now. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll get treated like with respect. I think buttons dignity. are a really good idea. Buttons are like the the Rachel Club. Those are expensive though. Yeah, because you got to license out Rachel's name. It's really yeah. It could be a whole thing. It could be a whole thing. <laughs> if you're out there, it's my idea. Just kidding. Um. <laughs> uh no. So anyway, right. Uh, back to the interview thing. The interview thing. Uh, we're going to be calling after the middle of the show. We're going to be calling uh, Kit Malone. Kit Malone. And uh, she's with the ACLU. That's what she does for a living. And she's out there protecting all kinds of people and their rights. Up in Indianapolis? Up in Indy, yeah. And um, and then she does all kinds of fun stuff on her own. So Very cool. Really excited. We'll hopefully get... Uh, uh, get all the details. Get all the details. All the information. There's now, so much. Oh, go ahead. Could you remind me what the ACLU is for all of our listeners out there? Oh, come on. Oh, I'm the American those... Civil Liberties Union. What is that? They are the people that protect your constitutional rights, and it's not the the political right seems to think it's a leftist organization. the The political left is is happy for, with that designation, um, yeah. but they protect everyone. They'll take uh, cases and help um, protect people's rights. doesn't matter who you are. So if your rights are being violated, they they will be on your side. So um, you can call them up and say, hey, I think this is, you know, not right. They'll give you a, you know, they'll be able to work with you to see if it's actually a rights violation. And, and mm. then they will, uh, like any sort if of they take your case, rights. they can help you out. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, that sort of sounds like a really important resource. It's incredibly important, and um, and they they've done just massive amounts of work in the state, in every state, and then federally. Uh, so I really love them, and I'm part of their INTEEP program. Uh, I was brought in by uh, Kit, and that's the Indiana ACLU's Transgender Education and Advocacy Program. Oh, and so. Um, those of us in the, the group are, are um, kind of on call to help out with like this time of year legislation is getting thrown out there and mm-hmm. yeah it's we've not talked all about informed a lot. we've talked about a lot in the last few weeks mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk about more because this is the time that it's really important mm-hmm. right, you know, like right before the election changes no 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 right before because uh, the Indiana government's in session right now. Yeah. And so they're arguing all these bills. They're putting forth these bills. They're, they're, they like to do it during the winter when no one wants to leave their house. Well, the, there's that too. Yeah. Um, but you know, get back into the swing of things and then they have yeah. a summer vacation after they have a summer vacation. Kind of. Yeah. What the heck? Well, I mean, I don't get that. You could just quit your job. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> vacation. <laughs> Woo. But is it paid? Do they get a paid vacation? Oh, no. I mean, they work all year round if you, you know, depends on your so they opinion get of paid. that. Yeah. So they go right. they go back and right. they talk to their constituents. And they their do. constituents. And right. they've got, some of them are running for re-election now, so. That's important. They're going to be doing that. Um, but 
this is the time of year after the first, like on the first mm-hmm. legislation drops and then it just keeps dropping until yeah. um, they start just like it. album drops. Yeah. It all just, it all just drops and right. then, uh, wait for the drop, wait for the drop. Mm. And so you're part of a, of a group of people who are sort of help, uh, advocate slash we give our, we give our, um, experience and expertise to helping people understand better what you know the lgbtiq community or the trans community uh needs mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. legislation and, and or laws uh impact yeah okay. our community and then yeah. what we think would be a better approach hmm. so um I don't know. It, it's really interesting work. That's. It sounds very interesting. It sounds very important as well. Nah, Just well, having sort of a. <laughs> uh, it's important, but I mean, there's there's a lot of us, and and that goes to show that you know we're everywhere. We're from yeah. all over the state, every walk of life, and literally uh, everywhere. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you can't escape us. So there there are some legislators from uh, Goshen or these uh, you know tucked away little communities and they don't think that you know queer people are there Mm -hmm. but we are yeah and and they get to hear from us and we have the backing of the aclu Mm -hmm. which gives us you know a little bit more of a a voice and some resources to to speak very cool yeah that sounds so important (laughs) especially in indiana where there's so many small um small towns and oh yeah all rural areas there's so many and and we're there yeah we're everywhere i mean spencer shows that yeah we'll get folks from green county and all over owen county and all that and they get to um and and there are people from evansville in the in teep program and who who we kind of converge Mm -hmm. and i at certain times and try to just educate. educate. I think that's yeah. the most important thing. That's awesome. And uh, hopefully, I mean, it's it's worked in some instances uh, really well, and in others, it's been uh, not as dramatic, but it's been important mm-hmm. uh, each and every time. So I, I can let Kit go on about that. Cool. Yeah, that sounds it uh, sounds really productive I, and and good. It is, and I I hope the ACLU really kind of appreciates that. Yeah, appreciates her and the work she does. So, but we'll get to that in a bit. Still, we have legislation news. Oh boy, things have been um falling out of the sky this past week or two. It's all dropping. It's all dropping. It is all dropping. So you know, all the states are doing this. It's what you do at the beginning of the year. Uh, break after that, people break are, that down. <laughs> Well, and and look for these things. Yes, you'll you'll see them. Well, and you have to look. People are, you know, like. Well, and that's the thing. You can. You're not going to necessarily hear about all of this yeah. in regular news. Yeah. So there'll be these little bills that come through, and they they're snuck in the back way, and you don't hear about them until afterward, and then, all of a sudden, you know, they're passed. Yeah. And you're, you know, whoever your legislator is. Your your state representative, your state senator. They have avenues to be contacted with, right? Mm-hmm. 
uh, email, phone calls, in person, and you can go and express yourself and educate them. Mm-hmm. You can be a part of this. You yes. don't have to have the yes. ACLU backing. And they really they like phone calls, right? They actually respond really well to people showing up. Oh, like making appointments. Yeah, showing up in person, speaking to them uh, as a person, not just over the phone. Phone calls are great, and but that's more like you know, you're adding your voice to many. Mm-hmm. But when you do it in person, and they get to interact with you, um, that's when real change happens. I think. Yeah, because uh, that's really cool. I wish there was more of a culture in, uh, more of a culture of of people feeling like they can talk to their uh, representatives, and because mm-hmm. it it just always seems sort of scary, but it really shouldn't be like. No, these people are just like you, or. Yeah. Or a stranger. Um, there's a guy they call Elvis, and I can't remember his name right now. Uh, he's an Elvis impersonator and a state representative. So he's... Um, and he introduces legislation every year that is, uh, we'll say horrific. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. And, and it never gets passed because it's so outrageous. Um, but it's there, you know, and it kind of... When you get, become acclimatized to radical sorts of things, the less radical but still insidious is uh, more palatable, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, somebody throws out this curveball and you're like, well, yeah, we don't go that far, but still we're just going to take away these rights. And it's not as bad as that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it seems better. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's reasonable. This bad, terrible thing makes this sort of pretty pretty awful but look something that looks better yeah Make, totally. makes it all look like we're not like him oh my god at least we're not like that guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um, now i mean we can we can roll right into it here because uh, i'd like to talk about these there are things that are there are pieces of legislation that are either happening in indiana as well as around the country or they're going to be coming to indiana Mm-hmm. So before um, the bathroom bill start, stuff started coming to Indiana, it was happening across the South. Yeah. And we knew it was coming up here. It was just a matter of, you know, a year or two. Yeah. And it did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was, wasn't successful here um, as it was in some places. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Thank God. But... um but still it comes here. So these these bits of legislation might not actually be here this year, but, but they're coming. Yeah, they're things that are that could very well happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and some of them are good. Like this one in Utah, Governor Gary Herbert, uh, who's a Republican, issued an administrative rule that outlawed conversion therapy for LGBTQ youth this past November. And it's coming uh it, it's actually in force now. So, and so that's an Utah, executive order. In and Utah. In, utah of all places right wow yeah hmm. but because they're utah that can't be the last word right well yeah yeah <laughs> but there's a, a bill now that would ban uh, appropriate treatment for trans youth in utah and at the same time at the same time and this is something that is happening across the u.s and it's since uh it really got momentum we we covered it here mm-hmm. uh from the case in texas yeah and the custody case where the little 
child who's what seven years old i think um was in therapy the therapists had given their okay to go ahead with uh social transition Uh and things like that because there is no physical transition at that age right because you're seven years old seven years old right however people on the conservative side who don't actually follow things like medicine or science or facts and and i'm saying this um with all contempt people who don't know any better Mm-hmm. jumped on it and said oh my god we can't allow this to happen this you know this child and all these trans kids or all these kids who are being misled to believe they're trans are um are undergoing sex change operations at you know yeah at seven years old at like, seven years come old on. or, or come even on. you know three and the truth is get this there are uh gender change operations sex change operations that happen on young kids, but it's not trans kids. It's intersex kids. Yeah. And these are, those are horrible and they have terrible outcomes. So I don't know if this is a matter of, um, they're taking the two issues and combining them. That's sort of what it seems like. Um, that's the only thing I could think. Um, well, I don't know. I feel like it's so easy to sensationalize, um, well, just uh, trans people in general, because when they hear transitioning, they immediately assume that there's some sort of radical act happening, which, and when it isn't always um, necessarily like right. a bodily change, you know, or surgery. And it doesn't have to be, no. It doesn't have to be. And... Uh... It's also, it also makes great, you know, radio or TV news mm-hmm. yeah. because it is sensationalistic and we haven't really gotten over that whole, you know, world according to GARP thing. Um, but by not allowing medical professionals to uh, talk to kids who are adolescents, what happens is... Um, Kids are allowed to, younger kids are allowed to socially transition mm-hmm. at school, you know, yeah. in their lives. And then at a later date, when they start to, to go through puberty, they can take hormone blockers, mm-hmm. which will arrest puberty. Yeah. And there are a couple of different ways of going about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's the wait till they're 18. And the argument there is that they'll, they'll be more mature and they'll have a better idea if this is what they want to do. Um, the truth is they already know. And this is not a, you have to wait till you're magically 18 and then yeah. you become wise. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, intrinsic to their identity. Yeah. And, and 18 is just a, a number whereby all the adults are absolved from responsibility. Yeah. Because you're responsible for yourself now. Uh, so that's why so that 18 is the magic number. Yeah, that doesn't even really take in the person into consideration no, if you think about it. It's not about them at all. It's about the healthcare professionals and, you know, in some cases the parents. Um, you know, well, you can make that decision when you're older. It's already there. However, hormone blockers are and, and arresting puberty 
has been demonstrated over and over in, in, in studies to save lives because it keeps kids from going through the wrong puberty. Yeah. And then they can begin their lives uh, as adults on their own terms. Yeah. Now, there are some places uh, and doctors who are um, prescribing hormones so kids can go through the correct puberty at, at an appropriate time. Yeah. You know, like in mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. In- uh, instead of just blocking puberty altogether until they turn 18, which is safe health-wise, but developmentally, it's questionable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we have these these puberty. laws going through saying, you know, well, and puberty is an issue that people really struggle with. They think that it really is an issue, yeah. Um, yeah, and and it's this hush hush thing. And we I don't mean, talk about like it. we weren't even really taught about it in school. So no, you didn't have the videos. Well, I mean, what I mean when I say that is that it wasn't a very uh, in depth sort of. Oh, okay. Yeah, like it was very sort of basic, um, and that's coming from a, a rural perspective. C- city in Indiana, yeah, yeah is, is having a basic uh, understanding of. Or teaching of puberty, which just kind of sucks. Like, people should it it should be uh should be covered more. It should be taught better in schools. Well, and we aren't even allowed to discuss when I was growing up. Yeah, where I grew up, they actually did discuss homosexuality mm-hmm. uh, in health class and um and relationships and puberty and things like that. We had uh an actual education somewhat Mm -hmm. it wasn't complete and the way the homosexuality was referenced was terrible but Mm -hmm. it was at least not you at least got to know what it was it wasn't banned from Mm -hmm. our world mine uh totally was just absent from my uh from my education i mean i mean i guess in middle school um there was more education about it. Like I remember watching the jazz transgender mm. uh, yeah. movie. I do remember that. But as far as sexuality is concerned, there's really just nothing. They still don't want to talk about it. They just don't all. want to talk about it. And when, when it pops up on Netflix or something in a show, people are like, Oh my God, look, yay. But really it just <laughs> needs to, I mean, this is part of the process of normalization. I get that, but you know, it's been enough time, folks. It's been Let's enough get over time. It. Um, yeah. There's there's another thing I want to get to before we get Kid on here, because we're going to be talking about that, too. Um, there's a nationwide campaign to prevent transgender girls from competing with other girls in high school sports. Um, and this is centered on trans girls uh, who were um, assigned male at birth. Mm-hmm. And... I do know some trans girl athletes, and uh, and so this kind of hits close on that. It it's um, it's really frustrating because again, they're trying to create legislation based on fear and without any evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you know they're they're 
playing to everybody's common sense. Yeah, which I don't I don't like that. I don't like that. No. Um maybe if you had some sort of research um or at least an argument, you know what I mean? Well, they're physical boys who are exactly. competing against girls and, and they're going to dominate. Exactly. And that's just not a good message to to send. No, but beyond that, it it's not even true. Yeah. They're if if that were the case in the many years that we've had trans athletes, and we're not talking about the East German Olympic women's team, mm-hmm. um, which I know nothing. About. Well, that was it was a big thing back in the eighties. Um, but apart from that kind of sensationalistic stuff, that it's not true. There there aren't cases of trans feminine athletes just dominating sports yeah and uh in high school you know for kids who are are well and that's that's the thing with pro athletes too is that they're pro athletes and it's just like i don't know maybe you should take people's uh sportsmanship and their ability and desire to to be really good uh what do you call them athletes there's the word (laughs) Um, you, you should take that school, a little more it? seriously instead of uh, making it separate. I, I sort of think it's weird well, that it's so separate. It's not even, well, I mean, there are certain, testosterone does amazing things to uh, muscle mm-hmm. and, uh, and and bone density. Yeah. And aggression. But um, if, if you don't have it, then what's, if, the, if you don't have it, what's that's, the problem? In, in certain sports, that's a disadvantage, right? In yeah. many sports, that's yeah, yeah. a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And and in the case of trans boys, trans young men who are competing in high school sports, it it actually you know who are forced to compete on the girls' teams, mm-hmm. um, they actually do have an advantage. Yeah, and they do. Exactly. I mean, because but they're not even a part of this. So it right. shows you it's not about actual you know science or fairness. It's it's about marginalization. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about a message that people are trying to send. That uh, trans people are... Shouldn't be allowed in our spaces. Yeah. And... So... That's... Forget about that. I don't like that. And we've got Not one of those... We've got one of those bills coming through Indiana. Um, highlighting the importance of elections. I love this. Uh, Virginia has uh, their new Democratic-led state state legislature and governor. Uh, they're wasting no time protecting their LGBTQIQ communities. Um, let me see here. The whole mess of legislation that is uh, trying to roll back some changes and uh, problems that they've had. It's Virginia, after all. Um, they're banning conversion therapy for children. Which is fantastic. Nice. Yay. Yay. Um, and, you know, this is actual legislation, not just an executive order. Yeah. Uh, and then there are two bills specifically about trans people who are part of, uh, um, part of the push. One would establish statewide standards for transgender students. And the other would make it easier for trans people to uh, correct the sex listed on their birth certificate, which is actually becoming more difficult in Indiana. Yeah. Um, we and, talked about that yeah. last week. Uh, other bills dealt with marriage equality. One repealed the state's ban on same-sex marriage, which is, you know, more of a um, symbolism. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, still it's nice to get rid of it. Yeah. It's like getting rid of the sodomy laws. Those were, that was important too. Another would replace husband and wife with gender neutral term parties to the marriage in divorce law. So nice parties to the marriage. Nice. It puts parties in parties. there. Parties, partners. Divorce is so stressful, and I think more parties are are important. Yeah, I mean symbolic terms are very important, very defining. <laughs> well, and of, uh, what and we've had cases where you know uh, there was another. Uh, thing this week about um in indiana same sex you know both same sex parents can be listed on the birth certificate now which is yeah a bit of a change that's good and i thought well okay um (laughs) when my daughter was born both my ex and i were on the birth certificate so (laughs) it's like "Ah." (laughs) we kind of flew under the radar with that and that that was great, mm-hmm. um, but it's nice to see that it's available for everyone now. Yeah, that is really good. <laughs> some good things. There's it's, some good things. It's some good things. Um, and it's you know, it's about time for we're here at that. How do we go through a half an hour? I don't know. There's, what did you do? Uh, just mumbling on the air uh, <laughs> to an audience of um, just. 40,000 people. Is that what it is? Uh, well, yeah. You're you going to make me nervous now. I mean, they're not actually like in the room. It's fine. <laughs> All well, right. Yeah. I guess we should take a music break and then... Let's we'll... take a music break and do the community calendar. Right? Yeah. Let's do that. Do the normal thing. Let's do the normal thing. Awesome. We'll be right back. Bye. Don't want to die in Omaha Don't want to die in Morgantown Don't let me die in America Don't let me die in America I don't even want to hurt this place Don't let me die in America I don't want to die in America Okay, it's hello people. It's time for the community update listen to wfhb all the time so you can hear about public events that you can attend in bloomington and if you would like to submit your event to our calendar you can do that by providing the name event location and the time in an email to calendars at wfhb Okay, what do we got going on this week? Lots of stuff. Do you want to be on here too? I mean, Melanie's still in the room. I'm still here. We're still here. (laughs) Um, I was gonna read this where I just lost it. That sucks. You clicked on something else and it went bye bye. That's sad. Um, well, let me see. There it is. So on Saturday, from 9:30 to 11, it's pretty early. Legislative update of 2020. Um, City Council Chambers in the Showers Building, 410 North Morton Street, Bloomington, Indiana. I don't know if that's just the City Council legislative update of 2020. I assume sounds really important. If you want to know more, that is Saturday at 930 at City Hall. 
the Sheriff building. And we're currently listening to some music. This is of Montreal's new album, Your Fun. This is this song. Don't let me die in America. Um, events. So many. One sec. We're setting up our phone interview. Um, so many events on the community calendar. If you would like to look at the community calendar, just take a look at wfhb.org slash calendar, and you can see all these events listed there. I will try to read one more for you. If I could find one. Oh, what do you know? There is an open mic night at the Blockhouse Bar, 205 South College Avenue. And it's in Bloomington, the Blockhouse, 6 to 8 p.m. And we are going to listen to one more song here from the new Of Montreal album. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. And tonight we have a special guest, Kit Malone of the ACLU and many other things. Hey, dear. Are you out there? Hello? Can you hear me? I can. Yay! There we go. Hi, Kit. We did it. Yay! Hi. Hello. <laughs> this is Lucas, my engineer co-host. Co-host of the day. Yeah. 
Hey, co-host of the day. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Good. You know, like... Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. Lucas has got one of those voices. Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> one of what voices? Those slow radio uh, voices? Slow, uh, yeah. Slow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like late night jazz host? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what the kind of voice I have for the show. I could tell I was in the hands of professionals. See? It's true. Yeah. We we get paid. No, you don't, we don't. Really. You don't have to lie, dear. It's fine. Every, everybody knows. So, <laughs> so you're in the middle of go season for the ACLU. I'm just going to jump right in here. Uh, and we'll go into that in a minute. Um, but first, I want to hear about you. I mean, you've been on here before, but I want to hear more about your life. And there are new people listening to your voice who have never met you before. So you were a teacher. And... Right. Uh, and, and then magic happened, and <laughs> um, now you are working with the ACLU, and you are a musician, and you're doing all kinds of uh, uh, outreach stuff. What what are you into now? What all are you into? What am I into right now? Like, you are just all over the place. You were, like, <sighs> you were the... You know, mistress of of all. (laughs) Um, I think that, like, the short answer of that is that the thing that I'm the most passionate about is um, finding ways to to make and contribute to communities and community spaces um, and to build things that lots of people can participate in. Um, So, like, that's the unifying factor in all of that. Mm-hmm. So whether it's whether it's you know um, hosting a, a gig um, and getting the chance to 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 get some of my like sort of favorite hidden gems together and put them in front of an audience, or whether it is fighting in the legislature with the ACLU, or the other work that I do with the ACLU, which is far close to my heart, you know, building large community events like trans glam up in up in indianapolis Mm -hmm. to me that stuff is that's just my heart work that's being able to to have the the have the power to to bring folks together and do that kind of thing um is is awesome and and you for all the people out there who don't know what uh trans glam is do you want can you yeah what's trans glam Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was hoping you'd follow up, question me on that one. Um, Transglam is part of Indie Pride's week of Pride events. Um, they've been kind enough to um, allow us to partner with them. It's typically held at, uh, at, a, at a great art space um, near Garfield Park in Indy called the Tube Factory. Mm. Um, and it's really just, you might think of it as sort of like a combo, like picnic, combo, um, formal dance, but not really formal, like queer formal, and then um, maybe a resource fair. Um, we also tend to have HIV testing services and um, food, and um, it's an alcohol-free space. We really want our um, our youth and our families to be able to make it out to those things. And um, so, I don't know. It's sort of like Indy's Big Trans Picnic. Wow. Is it a free event, too? It is a free event. Wow, that sounds so awesome putting all of that together and still keeping it free. 
is is amazing. So that's well, a, I go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to say that um, we've been really lucky. Indie Pride has understood, you know, the need for this uh, this event to maintain some autonomy. Um, we have a uh, sort of informal collective of trans people who do the planning every year, um, known sort of unofficially as the trans pride bitches. <laughs> and um, we um, make that, we, we, we make it happen. And one of the first things that we said um, was that we wanted it to be a space that was going to be very accessible um, to the people in our community that often can't access um, spaces like this. Right. So keeping it free, making sure food is available because food insecurity is a thing with us. Mm-hmm. and making sure that um, it's located near a bus line um, for folks who rely on that kind of transportation. That's always just been core to our organizing for it. That's awesome. I, I know I haven't been able to make it, uh, for which I've been berated by several friends. And like, yeah, it sounds really go. fun. It's great. So I will uh, berate you too. <laughs> well, I, maybe that's the, the straw that broke the camel's back, and I'll have to... I'll have to be able to come up this year. I'll just drop everything. Perfect. But, oh, when is the event? Um, it will be the first. Um, I don't have the date offhand. It's, I, I want to say it's close to June 6th, but it'll be the first Saturday okay. of okay. Pride Week in Indianapolis. Oh, right. You said it was during Pride. So, yep. okay. Yeah, Indy Pride does this whole, oh, and Bloomington does too. A whole week of events and things like that leading mm-hmm. up to and and um and that in itself is a great undertaking too. So Oh my gosh. That week is is, is nuts. Um I used to be on the Pride Board and it was just a working week um the entire time. Um so nothing but props for the people that are still out there doing that. I focused on Transglam, so I, that's my big day. That's awesome. You get a crown for that? I mean, because you need a crown for that. I vote for a crown for that. Last year, we had about 500, um, mostly trans and gender diverse. Um, so, like, it's a very trans space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good crowd, but it's also a big enough space with a lot of different rooms and places that if, like, hanging out in a big, giant crowd isn't your jam, um, there are some other things you can do to sort of um, calm down, get into a space that's a little more chill. There's a lot of different rooms and activities. Yeah. Wow. Sounds like you've thought of everything. Sounds really awesome. Well, don't say that because <laughs> we'll have not have thought of something this year. <laughs> well, there's always room to, for improvement and new things, but it sounds it sounds really great. Uh, it's so much fun. So with the ACLU, um, what are the groups exactly that you're affiliated with? Because I know you're wearing many hats there, too. Um, well, um, at the ACLU, I um, really only wear one hat. I'm our resident um, advocate and educator. Um, I work mostly on trans issues, but we're a small team. Um, there's about three of us in the advocacy department. There are three of us in the advocacy department, and so we sort of touch every ACLU issue. You know, people who follow me know about the LGBTQ work, but we work on immigrant rights, we work on repro rights, mm-hmm. incarceration, the whole bit. Um, and we all pitch in. 
to one degree or another, um, which I love. But my main gig is our LGBTQ rights project. Um, I'm sort of the lead organizer um, of that project, which is a, um, a long-term campaign to fight um, anti-LGBTQ attack bills um, in Indiana's legislature and also to bring stakeholders from around the state together um, to make sure that they are in connection when it comes to strategizing how we respond to things that happen in Indiana that affect queer people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then underneath of that, which, um, Melanie, I know you've, you've participated in, is our, our Trans Justice and Trans Education and Advocacy Program, TEEP, mm-hmm. um, which is part of the LGBTQ Rights Project. Um, that's sort of my, um, my baby. Uh, it was what I was brought on initially to do, but the, of course the role has grown. Um, but it's a, you might think of it as like a distributed um, organizing, um, a, an attempt to um, reach out to trans people themselves in the communities, communities they live in and give them, you know, training, access to tools, communication with us when stuff is going down um, so that they can do work in their communities um, and you know, reach out to their lawmakers and educate their neighbors. That's that's sort of a long-term goal of TEAP. And and I've seen that happen. I've I've watched some of you know my fellow uh, uh, TEAP members doing amazing things across the state. Um, you know, north to south, and uh, and it's it's got to be uh, rewarding for you, maybe I think to to see that as well. Um, but you know, to see it from really blossoming it is just a uh it's heartening for those of us who do organizational work uh, it is um it's a it, it it's one of the it's one of the things that i've done in indiana that i'm the most proud of um you know seeing we now have 40 um trans folk who are advocates within our program um you know we've had folk um, who've been through our convenings and our trainings go and start sort of trans affinity groups in their hometowns. Mm-hmm. And, um, we've got a few of those, and I just every time that happens, it gives me a warm fuzzy. <laughs> um, and, you know, knowing that those are flowers that are blooming in places where they didn't exist before. Um, and I, that's not on me. That's not, you know, Kit Malone. That's just, you know taking the time to do a little bit of investment in people, um, knowing that they can, that, 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 that almost everywhere you go, somebody wants to do something cool. Right. You just figure out how to get them to the resources that they need to do it. You can do all kinds of amazing stuff. And, but that, that is important in itself too, because, you know, when you're, when you're living in these rural communities, well, you know, because you came from a fairly rural community as compared to Indianapolis, right? Um, um, I've certainly lived out in the boondocks, that's true. <laughs> uh, it Having, knowing that there are people there behind you, knowing that there is uh, support and resources uh, is heartening and will, you know, help you get the work done that you need to get done. So, yeah, absolutely. So that's really important in that respect. But also there's, there's the legislative a- aspect of it too. This time of year is time for those bills to come out, and um, I know there are a few coming out. 
but it's a really changing kind of dynamic um, landscape right now. What uh, can you tell us about how things are shaping up? And I mean, you don't have to divulge, you know, state secrets or anything, but and just some of the bills that we need to look out for, we might need to contact legislators and um, stuff about. Well, I mean, there's three major bills um, that affect trans people directly that are specifically um, attacks on trans people's rights. Um, one of the fun things about working at the ACLU is you see, um, you know, in Indiana, um, over the past few years, it's sort of become, topically speaking, um, when people are going for sort of social issue bills in Indiana, you'll see bills attacking rights to abortion, and you'll see bills attacking trans people. And that just seems to be, have become their favorite sort of whipping posts um, up in the state house. Um, we have three this year. So the first one is, um, is SB 74. Uh, some background on that. This is a, uh, in, in Indiana currently, due to some uh, court cases um, that ILS actually was involved in, Indiana Legal Services, um, it's possible to get a, um, uh, a gender-neutral driver's license. That is a driver's license with an X instead of an M or an F as the gender marker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, as soon as that happened, so above our conservative lawmakers promised to file legislation that would put a stop to that. And HB 74 is basically that. It basically returns Indiana's driver's license policies to before um, the BMV began issuing those gender-neutral licenses. Um, we you know, feel like we feel pretty confident about that bill. Um, we feel like it might not survive, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, um, and, you know, if folks are looking to do something about that, um, you know, sending a note to the, to, to um, Senator Alting um, up in Lafayette, who is the chair of the committee that that bill is being heard in, um, you know, and Alting's um, has been pretty good on LGBTQ stuff, so send them a polite note. <laughs> yeah. And just let them know, like, we want to keep our driver's licenses. Um, so there's that. The, the next one that comes to mind is, the, is a really push-button one. Um, this is a bill that you've seen in different versions in about eight states, um, that, and which is how these things work. Um, national sort of haters push these bills out wherever they think they can get them filed. And Indiana's um, is... HB 1088, which is a attempt to ban trans girls specifically from participating in high school athletics. So, hate it, <laughs> hate that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's high school. And <laughs> like, leave I, those kids alone. Well, right, just leave them alone. But we've found that over the years sort of as the bathroom panic has lost steam mm-hmm. because nobody gives a crap about bathrooms anymore, the haters have started to move into different ways that they can sort of weaponize youth. Um, and this sports is one example of it. Um, in South Dakota, you just saw a bill um, pass out a committee that would actually criminalize 
doctors performing affirming care on transgender youth. Yeah, I saw um, that. <laughs> That's insane. Um, so, <laughs> and again, you can see the parallels to um, the way the abortion movement works. You can, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. sort of see that parallel there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and honestly, it's the same people doing it. So it's not really a surprise. Um, but yeah, we hate that one. Um, if you'll go to the ACLU of Indiana's Facebook page or our website, we have an action alert running. Um, the, you just fill out a little form and it'll send out some letters to the members of the committee and to Brian Bosma. I'm letting them know we don't want that bill in Indiana. Um, you can also obviously um, look up the committee on iga.in.gov mm-hmm. and uh, it's, in edu- it's in the House Education Committee and you can feel free to call those folks and let them know that like attacking trans kids is not the way we want Indiana to be going. Amen. And this is specifically against trans girls, right? Yes. Yeah, it's targeted at trans girls specifically. So not only awful, but like almost certainly deeply unconstitutional. Right. Um, it's it's one of it's 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 a really it's it's a really awful bill. Um, it doesn't offer much leeway for anybody. Uh, you can think of it as a ban on trans girls. Mm-hmm. It's still sports. Um, and, you know, that's clearly singling out one group of people for a specific kind of discrimination and, um, you know, most likely violates the Equal Protections Clause of the U.S. Constitution. So um, do with that what you will. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. That is bad. The rest of that is shocking. I, I'm still not able to wrap my head around it, but, you know, that's that's me. And and I've been online trying to counter people's um, less educated mm-hmm. thoughts on that, but I really need to do some more study and, and have more information to back my arguments up with, too. So. Um, well, if anybody ever wants to reach out to me, I'll be happy um, to give advice on this issue. Um, I don't know any. I, excuse me, I didn't know anything about sports until a couple months ago when we sort of started to read the tea leaves and believe that we were going to get something like this this year. So I spent a couple of months like learning about sportsy things. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. I don't understand. I don't understand sports really. So. Yeah, they're supposed to be good for you. That's so, what they keep yeah, saying. They say they're good. For yeah, you. yeah, and you know, I see people smiling while they're playing them, so it's got to be, it's got to be something. And some of the athletes that I know, the kids, they really, 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 it's a really big part of their lives, and to strip that away from them is, um, it's just unbelievably. Yeah, it's not fair. Cruel. Yeah, it's and for so no bad. reason at all. So. Anyway, what was that third one you were talking about? Yeah, SB 300. Um, that is, we call SB 300 in the biz a um, conscience clause bill. Mm. Um, mm. Folks remember, um, y'all remember RIFRA? Mm-hmm. Anna. Um, that was a very large and broad conscience clause bill um, that basically said, you know, if you have a religious objection, you don't have to perform a service. Right. Um, SB 300 is a very narrowly targeted conscience clause bill that basically says that mental health providers, any mental health worker, 
um, at any level can, um, if they have a moral or religious or ethical objection, refuse to provide any form of care. Wow. That's... That is absurd. Um, <laughs> I mean, and we talked about how in Texas there, there was a, a similar... Melanie, if you're picking up... The, the boy that... Are you talking about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there, the uh, the kid had counselors and and you know health mental health professionals. Um, I just um I just don't understand why you would think it's a good idea to tell mental health professionals uh that they can just not do their jobs. Like that's that's so absurd. I'm well, sorry. Um, it is, and especially people and. Who so you know? LGBT kids are at the highest risk for suicide. Um, yeah, and and so mental health care is absolutely essential uh, to survival, as far as I see it. Yeah, and there are so many uh, religions. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. And well, and it's it's broader than religion. So even just simple moral or ethical objections. What does that mean? It means whatever you want it to mean. I don't like that. <laughs> I think that um, one of the, you know, you brought up the suicide rate, um, and one of the things that interests me the most about this bill is, like, I mean, I think it was clearly a, an attempt at targeting um, LGBTQ people, but it would affect so many people. Yeah. Um, and it creates some absurdities, like, a, for instance, a suicide counselor um, who objects has a religious objection to suicide could refuse and <laughs> uh, that's or has a, a religious objection to a type of suicide treatment could right. to provide that treatment that's horrible and mm. I, you know what i have to cut you off there kit <laughs> we were running out of time well, i'm sorry i think we got through the big bullet point we yeah. did except we for did. your your music stuff we should do that later so thank you very much for coming on yeah please come back and uh Talk to us again. We'd love. I'd love to hear about your music, and um, also it would just be good to be informed and let our community know. So, anytime you want to be on the show, right on. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, hun. See you later. Bye now. (laughs) Well, that's all, folks. Uh, Thank you for coming with us again. Um, That's it for our blooming out show. I want to thank all of the, uh, huge thank you to all the volunteers, WFHB, that make the show possible. <clears throat> and Blooming Out is produced by me, and uh, Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio. Lucas Fisher is our engineer for Hi. Blooming Out and WFHB. I'm Melanie Davis. And I'm Lucas Fisher. And remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Good night from your Blooming Out family.